Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony and Todd Show, a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I am your host, Vincent, a.k.a. Let me pull up my phone. Little Snake. That's really... Little. Little Snake. Little Snake. I didn't... I didn't... Little. little. There's a clever joke in there somewhere. And I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my Drew, Jonathan. A.k.a. Yes, I am against all logic, not just supermarket. All logic. All logic. All logic. All logic is terrible. This is episode 129 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call Fuck Yacht DC. I want to go to Yeet DC. Yeet DC. DC. Uh, today we're in Fontaine's DC. This week we're going over the latest projects from Against All Logic with 2017 to 2019. Two years worth of music. Wow. But it's 2020 now, so this is late. <laughs> 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 just old. It's just 2000 old. 2000 late. Look, this would have been like a perfect 10, but it's too old, so now it's a zero. <laughs> Russ would shake the snow globe. You just gotta fucking shake that shit. Give, that, give Russ shaking baby syndrome. Maybe he'll stop making terrible music. <laughs> uh, Little Snake with Yacht DC. I'll have a joke for this I, one. I don't, I, don't know, I don't even know if that's the correct title. I'm just gonna keep on calling that. Yeah, it's probably because when you're pretentious with your titles, I'm gonna pronounce them however I want to. Exactly. And then finally, Subliminal Excess with 2020, uh, not the Richard Dawson album. Nope, and this is an album that was on time. Richard Dawson's album was too, too early. early. <laughs> AAL's album, too, too late. late. <laughs> this album, right on time. Well, it's an EP, but right on time. Uh, so before we start, you want to follow the Anthony Tacho on social media. You can find us at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Anthony Tacho. You can find us at YouTube.com forward slash Anthony Tacho. And you can find us at uh, Patreon.com forward slash Anthony Tacho, but also... Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, by searching Anthony Touch on your favorite podcast listening service. Are you ready to defy all logic? Every every single every single album. Every single album, we collect them and we burn them. <laughs> but then because burning discs creates horrible noxious fumes, you also collect logic and we just leave them there with the burning CDs. Oh, I thought you were saying we're gonna collect the fumes, help out the earth. No. But right. you're more just anarchist approach, just fuck the earth. No, I'm just trying to fuck logic. Like, not actually fuck logic. Figuratively. Fuck I, him I get over. what you mean. Uh, time to go to the latest Against poisoning. All Logic album, 2017-2019. Wait. It is. It's also two years worth of music, so we got we a long review ahead of ourselves. Got a long review. Actually, this is probably pretty short, because I really don't have much to say. Nicholas Jar is a New York-based electronic composer and recording artist. Uh, he fades between genres of house, down-tempo, IDM, techno, ambient, and even sometimes plunder phonics, like some of the tracks on his last album, like This Old House Is All I Have, and You Are Gonna Make Me Scream. I think his last album, 2012-2017, the de- I think I believe it's the debut album under Against All Logic. That yep. moniker is fantastic. It's amazing. I liked it at the time. I thought it was very addictive and hypnotic. And I think even since it's grown on me, I wasn't too keen on the the second half the first time around, even though I did enjoy the album overall. I mm. think this time the second half stands out, stands out a little bit more. And I think it's just his just fundamentals are insane. Yeah. I thought he was just truly talented and just groundbreaking of just doing sometimes just very basic ideas uh, but making them super hypnotic and uncontrollable but sometimes doing like stuff like this old house is all I have and truly shaking the foundation mm-hmm. of what sampling means of what distorting music means and creating yeah. this truly 
terrific soundscape that was groovy and also at times terrifying. Yeah. Um, but it's also his last album he put out before that under his name, Sirens, is a nice piece of uh, mix of ambient and house mm. together that has some elements of some nice soundscapes that I really enjoy. I thought it was a nice little album. So this new album I was really excited for because the last album was so, so good. So good. And uh, this album is, is fine. It's it's fine. It's good. It's just not so good. It's it's. I wouldn't even call it good. It's fine. I would. It's passable. It's, it's a. It's fun while you listen to it. I don't. I don't think it really has a lot of character to it. No. There's a lot of. There's, there's nothing that really makes me want to come back to it except for fantasy. And fantasy has a similar style of similar in the same wheelhouse, but not so much in soundscape. But yeah. it has this great stored strings and the progression leading to a, a beautiful chopping of a sample that sounds like a Beyonce or Destiny Child sample. I don't know mm. what it is, but it's very luscious, beautiful, uh, very. Uh, royalty esque. Yeah. Um, I think it's really awesome. I think that 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 it feels very uh, effortless. Yeah. And the and the rest of this album feels effortless, but it doesn't feel. There's nothing that really sticks out or makes me hypnotic. It's more just kind of there. Yeah. There's. Like, it doesn't really have a presence over me. No. And it's very hard to remember because I listened to this album like. Earlier in the week, I don't, I don't have any memory of a lot of these tracks. I listened to it on my way here. And do you have a memory of most of it? I have, like, bits and pieces. Okay, tell yeah. me about those bits and pieces, then, because um, I'm, I'm drawn to have Beef Queen. bits and pieces of If Loving You Is Wrong, um, if it's cool, like, vocal sampling, where it, like, kind of, like, it's just, like, quick rep- repetition with um, the vocaling, vocals. Um, I have bits and pieces of If You Can't Do It, good do it harder mostly just because of the vocal lines on there about um if you can't beat them um kill them if you can't kill them fuck them if you can't fuck them kill them which i don't know going, going backwards a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> wait kill them then fuck them no if you can't kill them fuck them oh yeah i thought we were getting into like a triple a, a triple h scenario where it was gonna go into a casket and then fuck a dead body that was an actual storyline that was on television in 2004. I've said this before. With no, a guy who's currently the head of, uh, he's like the third in command in WWE. I've said this before and I shall say it once more. Professional wrestling is fucking stupid. <laughs> Funny thing is, he's not as bad as Vince McMahon. That guy is a, a horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> Um, Literally, the only part of WWE I've ever enjoyed is the parts where I watch him get the shit beat out of him by other people. Yep. Actually, that's what he made a career off of. But it's all fake, which makes it kind of sad. (laughs) You get moments of, like, house throughout a lot of this, and IDM, not Mm. even IDM, more techno. Yeah. And some ambient soundscapes, but it really doesn't, like, there's nothing to it. It's like, it's, again, the fundamentals are still there, but it's not compelling this time around. Like, you can tell he's he's a uh, competent producer. But at the end of the day, he's not making music that's really draws out. This thing isn't bad. It just, at the end of the day, there isn't anything... There's not a lot memorable from it. It doesn't really grab you the way that the first album did. It's just essentially just middle of the road. Yeah. I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, Maybe it's a little bit better than middle of the road. Yeah, I'll go for that, but it's. I, I just don't think there really is anything stand out, and I'm trying to make like wise observations, but this thing just kind of blends together for mm-hmm. me, and like, 
I feel like there's their time. last album blended together a bit, but also there's like you go through in these these very distinct grooves that are very hypnotic and spacey yeah. and otherworldly. And this one's more like very simplistic and it mm-hmm. doesn't it kinda it changes up, but it doesn't really like it's very flat. Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't feel spacey it's, or inviting. Starts off super strong with like fantasy to like loving you and then with an attic and then it just kind of loses itself there. It just feels kind of like it's dragging on with yeah. its ideas, even though it presents new ideas. It just doesn't feel like any of them are super that important. To I feel me. like this would have been a much better EP with, with the just, first three with tracks, the first, like just the first three tracks, and maybe like condensing some of the ideas of the later tracks into like smaller bits and maybe just like one or two tracks. Yeah, that kind of explore those ideas like more quickly and more less dragged out. Yeah, even the singles that were attached to this that weren't part of this album, like the one with FK Twigs, was absolutely horrible and boring. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I was excited for this, but the singles threw me off. Mm-hmm. I had high hopes for it still, because Nicholas Shar is so talented. Um, and I was just, I, there's nothing compelling about this to me. No. Keep my off scores a few telling me this. Uh, right now, I think this work isn't has good fundamentals. I think there's talent behind it. I just don't think there's anything worthy of coming back to. I'm feeling like the, uh, like a, at this current moment, like a six minus. Yeah, six minus. Yeah. Moving forward, someone who's who is a competent producer to someone who isn't uh, a competent anything. Time to go over the latest Russ album, "Shake the Snow Globe." You gotta just get in there and just fucking shake it. What does that it. album like even mean? I, like if he's acting like, here's the thing about Russ. Um, I don't like Russ. I, I don't, don't. I don't think anyone likes Russ. This is really the first album of Russ's I've heard the entirety of because I've never had a reason. to Oh, play I've it. never listened to any of Russ. Yeah, I've, never I've listened to singles, and I'm like, this guy is very boring. Yeah, why would I do this? And then you suggested this idea, and I was totally down for it because I knew it was either going to be just something. Well, it's going to be expanding horizons in a way into terrain we haven't uh, yet branched. Like we will, and we uh, talk about Fury of a Dead Man. <laughs> Do we have to do that? I put it out there, so now we do. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> um, here's, here's but the it's, thing. it's a re- thing. It's going into subculture, or not subcultures, but places that we've been to before, yeah. like Logic, or even like we mean Trevor Reeve, Jack Harlow album that has pretty much the same effect of just being completely boring and uninteresting to any degree. But at least yeah. that one had a fucking killer single, Sundown, attached to it. This has fucking nothing. Nothing. And it brings people down with him. Yeah. It isn't just him. It's here's. So when we first decided to review this album, we did it like three weeks ago when there was like nothing be released. So we were also going to review Fury of a Dead Man back then originally. And so I had my like playlist set up and I accidentally fucked up and didn't put any buffers. So I went straight from Rust to Fury of a Dead Man. And so when I was listening to Rust, I was like, oh my God, this is so mind-numbingly boring and awful. I just want this to be over. And then finally over and I was like, oh, thank God, something different. And then Fury of a Dead Man came on. I was like, fuck, nope. And I immediately just switched to something else. <laughs> I was like, I can't do Fury of a Dead Man right after doing Russ. I was like, no. Uh, so what is this? This is 14 songs, 43 minutes. Uh, Russ is a New Jersey MC, mostly known from <laughs> what is his most critically panned album, Zoo. I've never listened to it. I just know it's bad. See, here's how I know Russ. I know Russ from just being a really pretentious asshole. Yeah, no, that's the other thing. Yeah, like, his, he did this, like, video about, like, how he treats women, and it's like, I don't want to care about their body, I want to care about their mind, or, like, some shit like that, and I was like... <laughs> he's, he's essentially just, like, the yang to logic's yin. Yeah, and he's like, but the way he's presenting this isn't at all, like, 
I think how he envisions it. He's I think he envisions this as like ultimate super feminist thing of like <laughs> I don't objectify women. I only want to build women up in their mind. But like he's presenting it in this like super condescending like women are fucking stupid and it's up to me to enlighten them way, which is such a f- self entitled head up his ass prick way of presenting things and I hate it for that. But when you combine like that whole thing of like some of the few lyrics on this album that I was actually able to fucking remember and I only remembered them because of how much they pissed me off in the context of that where he's basically just talking about how he's just like fucking women all day and every day and he don't give a shit about them hoes and like shit like that. Like obviously not that exact wording because he's too pretentious to use that kind of wording. It's just his head is so far up his own ass at this point where he thinks he's this like great enlightened individual. When in fact, he's just saying the same shit everybody's been saying for the entire time, except he doesn't do drugs. Which remember so that it, used to be logic's whole shtick, but then logic got really in the weed. So he's just the new logic basically. <laughs> I don't even think he's new. He's just like he's the. You get other acts like I, I mentioned Jack Harlow, but also like Jeezy's this whole entire shit. I can probably list a bunch of them if I can remember deep into the crevices of my mind, but none of them are sticking because uh, they're so uh, very unimportant. And I can use the better, uh, the more space in my brain to remember other important facts. Yeah. There's nothing. This album is so. This album is not. It's not good. It's not essentially bad. Either. Yeah, I would not recommend you listen to this, even just because of it's an oddity. It's not Green Day. Listen. No, it's just it's so empty and devoid of purpose and point. And it's not even like reaching like nov levels of boring no that's another one where like it's so boring that it's almost like amazing it's like how is this like it's not even like a novel or it's like how can you humanly conceive of something so fucking lifeless this is not this isn't even that level it's like and it's not even like gonna where it's no. like it's so nerdy i feel like me vincent thomas short yeah. a five seven white guy can beat up gonna yeah this is like it's it pretty much scratches the surface of all of these things without diving so into them that it almost becomes hilarious. It just sits on the surface of pure disinterest. (laughs) Where there's literally nothing in this album to compel you to give it any form of a listen or your time or your mind. It sits there and it just it is the ultimate background character of music. It's the character that only by the fucking a hundredth time you've watched something, you've realized that one random extra in the crowd is actually Ron Jeremy, a porn star in Ghostbusters, because that's real. It's just it doesn't exist. You know it it's real, but at the same time it just doesn't feel like it is. It feels like something that you dreamt up because it's just so barely there that you can't really remember it anymore. And so you're just like, oh, that was just a dream and it's just something that's going to abandon your mind eventually because eventually it does. This album is nothing. <laughs> this album is the ultimate non-existence. This is the- it's a philosophical paradox <laughs> because it exists, but at the same time it has zero impact on anything. <laughs> We're fucking dying. <laughs> I think There's we should describe like, more about this album, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah. This album both doesn't exist. And I yet think it the does. only way to explain it is I, I think uh, I I think he was talking about Russ. Uh, 
Anthony Fantano made this tweet recently, and if we keep on bringing him up, he has to acknowledge it. Exactly. I'm going to put it on screen if I can remember, but it's like, <laughs> it's like he's talking about someone, and it's the white noise machine. <laughs> and then he did it for Jack Harlow, too, because Jack Harlow is just true white noise. Yeah. It's complete nothing. It's, that's what this But is. even a white noise is something. This, yeah. is, this is nothing. This is nothing. This is, like, this is an album that I listened to the entirety of, and it was so nothingness that I actually thought Fury of a Dead Man was going to be like a relief and it actually was <laughs> because it, it pulled me out of this deadened stupor <laughs> and it reminded me that I was in fact alive because <laughs> like the philosophical fade is that the only thing you can guarantee the existence of is yourself because you think and you feel and therefore you are this made me question it because listening to this didn't make me think or feel anything <laughs> It made me feel the abyss, so I questioned my own existence for 45 minutes straight. And that theory of a damn man reminded me, oh yes, I can feel pain, so therefore I am alive. What if I die? This album has the same type of like piano splicing and piano chords throughout. It's the same type of lo-fi chill beats. Lo-fi aesthetic, especially with the mixing on the drums and the, the, the effects on the drums. It is so mind-numbingly boring. It is so. Who are some of the features? Boredom on- is an emotion, though. Who are some of the features on this? I don't know. Oh, Rick Ross? Who? Rick Ross? Yeah, you know, some a very like bold, outlandish artist who's not always good, but he's he's prominent figure. This is the most boring version yeah, of himself. I, every- Benny the Butcher, one of the most fundamental and I think important, along with Griselda, in the revival of East Coast hardcore hip hop. On this is fucking tame. He's fucking toothless. That man couldn't stop being edgy on what would Sheen Gun do. He couldn't stop. Yeah. <clears throat> this he's just so tame and toothless. It's just like, in a way, I both have more respect for him and less respect. Because more respect, he doesn't give a fuck and he got that payday. Yeah. Less respect is he's he at some point could be this toothless figure. Yeah. That scares me. It's one of these things I get. I don't remember any of these features. I don't remember really anything because um, <laughs> listening to this album was basically a miracle of science because I managed to be dead for 45 straight <laughs> minutes and not have brain damage. But um, I don't remember. And like, it's kind of impressive that all of these artists, I guess, were so self-aware of what this album was that they didn't literally put in any effort at all into anything because fuck Russ wasn't. Um, so like... It's kind of impressive, and I have to give them props because they got paid to literally do nothing. Like even which is my dream job, basically to just sit there and do nothing except maybe talk a little bit like and get paid. Even logic is annoying. Logic, I feel something. It's pure rage, <laughs> but I feel something. G Easy is suave but completely stupid. Nav, I'm confused by how boring he is. <laughs> Nav, I'm confused on whether he actually thinks he's a Post Malone riff off or not. Yeah, whether he knows he is. <laughs> Whether he's willing to acknowledge the fact that he is. And the fact that fans actually like Nov's music. Yeah. Russ is just nothingness. <laughs> Russ, this album can literally be used in science to test theories about what has to be done in a vacuum. You literally just play this album in a closed room wherever you're doing your experiment. Boom, you have created a vacuum because this sucks up all form of life and energy. This album is the ultimate dead zone. There is nothing in this album it, of importance or note or curiosity. 
this album is emptiness incarnate. Yeah. Can you mind that score a few times? I can't give this a score. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There is no score because like it's not a zero. It's not a zero because it's not that terrible. But giving it a one is too much. Yeah, this album. How do you score nothingness? <laughs> The score represents the abyss that we all f- make. The score is negative infinity because <laughs> that is basically the definition of because like negative is still like a thing, but eventually you have to go so low that you are no longer existent. Because like even zero is a thing, kind of. Maybe this, this, no, this is absolute zero. This is Kelvin, <laughs> like absolute zero in the Kelvin scale is this score because it is the absolute abandonment of all things where because absolute kelvin is where things are so cold that where they are no longer moving period and that is what this album is it is so bland that nothing moves maybe russ is actually a genius and this is what he was playing the entire time maybe russ his whole life wasn't actually a musician he was a scientist or a philosopher or no i won't give him that because because he has been attempting to achieve absolute zero but purely (laughs) through music not through science He's a bizarre alchemist wizard. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna leave it. That's it. That's it. That's the review. I don't. I don't have a good transition. Let's let's move on to uh, time to go over this little snake album, yacht, DC, moving from pretentious to pretentious. Little snake. Uh, A.K.A. Gino Serpentine. Oh, that's why he calls himself Little Tape because his last name's Serpent. Oh, that makes sense. That's a cool name. I actually applaud him for that. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, a, that's Gino a clever name. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Is a Calgary Alberta electronic producer currently signed to Brain Feeder Records, which is Flying Lotus's record label, which has I acts have, like... I have a question, though. What? Is he from the cabinet of Dr. Calgary? Boom! Film nerd! Calgary. Calgary, not Calgary. I know, did I like say Calgary like an idiot? Yeah, you did. Okay, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. <laughs> um... But like it's it's close enough. That Brain Freeder Records, joke. which has acts like uh, not only be founded by Flying Lotus, but also Thundercat, Woo. Louise Cole. Yeah, I'm not as big into that one. But and then it was the last album was pretty good, but yeah. it was okay. And then also at the worst of it, Ross from Friends, <laughs> which is true nothingness, almost like Ross. <laughs> um, this this album is is I. <sighs> It's an EP on Spotify. It's listed as an EP. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it's longer than Green Day's. Album. It's longer than an album. It's it's most album length with thirty four minutes. Yeah. And in the Bandcamp description, the opening thing is the most pretentious thing I've ever read this year. Next to Poppy saying her album's post genre. Yeah. Yacht DC does not fit into the category of an EP, an LP, or anything between. Yacht is there D- anything in between? Is there like a category between mm-hmm. EP and LP? No. You've got single, you have EP, you have LP, and then you have fucking Swans just making a double LP. <laughs> and then you have fucking, there's this band that made like a four hour album, and most of it was just like drone music, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, why? Because <laughs> it just drone on. Yep. Um, Yachty C is a message delivered to you by an, uh, by omnipresent entity, entities that have appeared in your skies for some time via Little Snake as a vessel. So basically what Little Snake is making on this, it's a mix of between like kind of what kind most of, of this experimental album. noise to also mixes of, I don't know, like 
house music, but not really. It's a lot of this album, and I said this earlier, sounds like someone took an Igloo Ghost track, separated it by its parts, and then just kind of presented them on their own. Forgetting that the fun part of Igloo Ghost is the way they're mixed together. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what the ultimate issue of this album is, is this is an album with pretty much no fun, no real soul to Well, it. I won't say no fun completely, because there's moments where there there's, has there's fun. There's a couple of like, moments, but they're so brief, and then they're immediately followed by, like, another, like, eight minutes of shit. Yeah. Um, what are the... What, you think, wow, that was surely a pretentious description of uh, how he uses medium. What are his titles like? Are they pretentious? Well, I will tell you, yes, yes, they fucking are. It's essentially just one, two, three, four, but also with these like weird numbers that may be a code to something that I have no fucking idea that isn't explained to me. Yeah, I like some of these I feel like are close to mathematical like significant numbers, but they're not. (laughs) So like, what the fuck's the point? There isn't. Uh... So basically the reason I wanted to do this because I heard the single one, I'm just going to call it one, I'm not even going to explain it, that I really, I, I liked it at the time, but as time goes on, I think it's so fucking repetitive in its nature. I think the flowing of things was pretty cool and it made me want to listen to this, but then I realized this thing is just very shitty at flowing things together. Basically yeah. this thing's problem is it's caught between the work clothes of making an electronic music album and making an experimental noise album and failing at both ends. And the other issue of this is, so I listened, so this was an album that we were supposed to listen to, what, like three weeks ago? So originally? whenever. It was forever ago when we were, I was assigned this album, but then things kept happening that postponed when we were able to record, which thank God, because I tried, I really did try to listen to this album multiple times. And every single time, like I would listen to the first track and like for like a little while, like this is interesting. This is in theory, an interesting idea here. But then I would keep listening, like, but the execution of this is just killing me inside. Yeah. Because, like, in theory, the idea of, like, taking, like, these heavily mixed, like, electronic songs with, like, the layers upon layers of sound and, like, breaking them down into their parts and separating them out and showcasing, like, each part as an individual thing makes sense. And, like, it's, in theory, cool. But then when you present it, in these long-ass fucking ways where, like, you take this element and you just let it sit there for way too long. Yeah. And then you... And then you repeat it later on. And then you repeat on. it later on after going for another element. Instead of playing with the idea of, like, n- mixes of, yeah. like, various elements together and, and then slowly builds into the yeah. whole is cool. But you didn't do that. But it's also at the same time, it's not like relaxing enough to be ambient. Yeah. Or at least structured in a way to be ambient. So it's just literally shitty cross between experimental noise and yeah. literally just electronica. It's just... Not to say saying there isn't some cool movements, but there's piano floor... Uh, not to say there isn't some cool movements. There's cool piano flourishes and drum switch-ups on the first track. But then they just keep... They do them 900 more times. And that's the thing. Like, I can't tell... Like... When I watched this, A, I was driving. You watched it? Listen- you watched it. When I watched it with my, my ears, <laughs> when I listened to this album, for the most of the part, I was driving while yeah. I was doing that, which was dangerous because I could never fucking tell when a track changed. 
So I was constantly like picking up my phone to look. I was like, oh no, this is still the same song. <laughs> and then like later on, be like, nah, this is still the same song. I look like, oh shit, the song changed. I don't remember when. I don't know when. I can't fucking tell when because this album is are so based on the idea of like just taking an element and then switching to another element and switching back to a different element or going back and forth and back and forth between elements. It's kind of really fucking hard to tell since you'd use the same elements across the whole goddamn album. What isn't, isn't part of which track, which I guess also they're 10 minutes fucking long. The first song's 10 minutes. This third track's 10 minutes. Second track's eight minutes. Last track's five minutes, but it feels like forever. Yeah. It's 34 minutes and it, it, it goes it on like an eternity. There's some cooler moments on track three. You get this amazing uh, voice splicing, which is really cool. It's only around for like a minute. Yeah. Some of these ideas, the most peak of them are around for a minute. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, what if you just took that, remove the nine minutes of excess, or even if you found cool moments in those nine minutes, chop those up into different segments and just, and have these like little short tracks that showcase your ability. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know, like, I don't know, release them instead of giving us this bloated mess of ideas that are just, it sounds like at some point to be like a live set, but at the same point, it, it's too advanced to be that. Yeah. This is just, I, I just did a very long tirade about Russ and how he managed to create absence of everything in his album. This album does almost the opposite and it somehow managed to create the feeling of infinity. <laughs> Where this album, but not in a way you would like. No, this album literally just like there is a way you can create the idea of eternity in a way that an album that sounds cool. But this is more like, this is less than like, oh, this is the great eternity of the causes. No, this is like, no, this is hell. <laughs> this is the infinity of you literally have to suffer here forever. <laughs> but not in a cool way. But not a cool like, way. That's the theme. This like, is a this- Dante's hell. No, this is like actual biblical hell where it's like just pure isolation, <laughs> boredom, and pain forever. Uh, the second track uh, gets into like Igloo Ghost territory for a second where it gets into like a mix of like electronic on IDM which I think is really cool and it's very a mix hybrid a bunch of things but also it stays around for a minute and it's fucking gone mm-hmm. and then the last track is so boring I don't remember <laughs> me neither honestly by the time that last track came around I was contemplating just skipping it because I was like there's cl- truly nothing this album could give me that's new yeah. it hasn't given me anything new since the first track pretty much Except for one brief, real cool thing with like the vocal sampling on three. So I was like, I highly doubt this track is going to have anything of importance within its five minutes. And I, I guess it didn't because I didn't remember shit from it. And that's it. That's that's all you got to say. Keep in mind those scores are futile and meaningless. Right now I'm feeling, uh... In theory, it's not the worst thing I've listened to. No. And it kind of, like, the ideas are impressive. They can be good. Yeah, there's they things. just there's just so many things that are stupid. Yeah, I remember things from this, which means it's not as horrible as Russ. Yeah, but it's also not as fucking like memorably awful as Green Day. Yeah, it's just and it's not as like there isn't enough of those moments that are impressive to be like speeding bullet to heaven range. No, it's like it's two three. Yeah, two. Keep my scores if you tell me it's a little two. Keep my scores if you tell me this right now. I think this is a two to three, and we're gonna. Leave it at that, and uh, re- I wish I could remove the the unsubliminal excess of this album. It's, it's definitely not subliminal. It's very forefront. <laughs> the excess of that album is very much in your face. Time to move on. You could almost say excess is the theme of that album. It's the whole point of the album. 
Time to move was on. Was it handled well? No. Time to move on to something that was actually enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> time to move on to Subliminal Excess's latest album. I think it's an EP, actually. Yeah. Uh, 2020. It's an EP. Perfectly timed. Perfectly timed. Yeah, it's, it's, this one arrived right on time. Yeah. Didn't arrive early. Didn't arrive late. It was right on time. And it was also not shit. Yeah. Like the last right on time album, uh, 2020 Vision by Antiflag, <laughs> which is shit. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's because it's, it's only shit. been like three weeks. I forgot about it's it. Gar- it's already gone. Album. It's already gone Garbage outside album. my mind. It's outside my mind so I can u- save more useful stuff like Russ. <laughs> <laughs> so you may be asking, who's Slobin Alexis? Well, they're a Chicago noise hardcore punk band forming of... The members, Alex, Jimmy, Macklin, and Mike, couldn't find last names, so I hope their last name are like the Ramones, where they're just Alex, Jimmy, Mike, Macklin, and Mike, Subliminal Excess. That'd be a stupid-ass name. I think it would be really funny. (laughs) Is it stupid? Yes. Is a lot of things I think are funny stupid? Yes. That's true. You think a lot of stupid things I laughed at your jokes when you're talking about Russ. That's fair. (laughs) The reason we're reviewing this is because Bandcamp listed them as one of the the best punk, uh, their album is the best uh, punk albums of January 2020, and we like seeing some good punk, and we went through their list, and we're, we're like, oh, we're interested in this, and we want to cover it. And what is it? It's essentially the checklist of good things about hardcore punk. This is, so there's like, I've talked a lot about hardcore punk, and I've also talked about bands that are good throwbacks, the classic hardcore punk. Um, the most recent one I talked about, and the one I talked about most heavily, is probably Heavy Lunds. Can't see what I did there, Heavily. Um, Heavy Lunds, and theirs was a good throwback. It had a lot of modern elements, but it was still, like, a good throwback to, like, Minor Fret-esque hardcore. But Minor Fret is not the be-all of hardcore punk. There's also bands like Bad Brains, Dead Kennedy, um, Black Flag, and a bunch of other ones. Circle Jerks. It's a great name. <laughs> How can you not laugh? <laughs> exactly. And which actually circle jerks are made by like a bunch of members from like one of the old vocalists of Black Flag before Henry Rollins became the main one. But so there's like various elements of hardcore. Our hardcore took a very notable turn in the 80s, basically amping up the aggression of hardcore, um, really getting to these like guttural vocals to almost sound like they're being shouted at you because they pretty much are. Mm. And so while Heavy Lunds is more back to that early, late 70s, early 80s hardcore of like Minor Fret and some of Black Flag's material, this really goes for the 80s getting on its way towards power violence hardcore, where it's really amping up the punch and the aggression and just the rawness of its vocals and its music. In a way that's really comparable to one of my favorites, which is Discharge, and Chaos UK, which are both also loosely associated with the anarcho-punk yeah. movement. So, like Chumbawamba. <laughs> Look, Chumbawamba's first album, Pictures of Starving Children, Sell Records, is fucking amazing. <laughs> I don't not hear you say shit about it. I was talking to Trevor about your uh, appreciation for Chumbawamba, and he's like, he probably thinks that's the greatest fucking thing of all time. <laughs> what? Their first album is really good. It's not the greatest anarcho-punk album of all time, but it's a really fucking good album. And it's still a punk album, and Trevor can eat shit. <laughs> they just had to get that last bit out there. It's a good album. <sighs> Anywho. Uh, so yeah, this is really a um, a beat-by-beat textbook how to make good classic hardcore from like that era. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, hardcore has changed a lot since then. 
Um, you have like the post-hardcore bands and like the early post-hardcore. And then you have bands like um, early Swain, also formerly known as um, This Routine is Hell. I, I'll refer to them as This Routine is Hell because that's when most of their hardcore stuff existed. This is more along the lines of that band. And I think in terms of like modern hardcore punk dealing in those themes, I think of the bands that still make hardcore punk and still exist, I feel like this band is one that really needs to be watched. Because I think there you have the potential to be some really cool themes of hardcore. As long as people give them attention and they're able to fully express their ideas and keep following and keep making music. Because I think Show Me the Body is definitely doing the most unique work in hardcore. Yeah, getting right into now. different types of textures yeah. and sometimes in the previous album before that getting blending hip hop more and yeah. heavily into the fold. But I feel like they were only really given the chance to explore that because they got so much attention so early on through their like more traditional EPs and then the mixture of hardcore punk with hip hop off their first album. I think really gave them like the stage where they could experiment a little bit within yeah. hardcore punk and really develop a sound. I think taking this band which starts pretty well enveloped purely within hardcore if they're given the chance to really explore their sounds and their ideas more, they could be one of the best modern hardcore punk bands. Yeah, it's uh, it has this like rough around the edges style that makes it feel retro, and I think I kind of like that because it's it feels kind of cliche in a sense, but also at the same time, I think it throws back to that style. Yeah, in a perfect way, and I like how it feels a bit faded and warped, almost like it's like this came out in 2020, but it feels like it's. From like 1980. Yeah. <laughs> I think that really, it, it really works in the next set. I also like how it blends tracks together, which is a very punkish thing to do. Mm. It's not like an Otoboki beaver thing where right. like it's just like weird beat changes and we're all over the fucking place, but it's, it, just, it doesn't miss a beat going from one song to the another. Next. And it, it doesn't feel too suffocating at the same time. No. Sometimes that suffocating can be nice. Yeah. Otoboki but like, Otoboki beaver, but um, Girl Band was. It was pretty enveloping. There are moments that are pretty suffocating. No, but I also don't feel like that was one thing. Yeah. Um, bad breeding. Uh, bad dad. Yeah. That was suffocating. That's another one of my like bands that no one talks about. I think people really need to be watching. Um, but this I found to be very enthralling. The ten minutes, very captivating. Uh, just a sonically interesting style of hardcore punk and why mm. it, it was popular to begin with even though there's not a lot of new ideas and like we're missing i think they can explore around with texture i think in the end where we get a little bit more of a, a soundscaping of developed and a more mm -hmm. moodier space that spitches it up a little bit i want more of that but not too much i also want them to explore exportation the themes on this are very prevalent mm -hmm. to 2020 issues yeah very annex and very pseudo anarcho punk but not really more yeah. of just the general atmosphere mindset that it's, most people are in. yeah it's pretty it's non-anarcho hardcore pretty straightforward a lot of themes of um anger and despair yeah and like a little bit of self-loathing but like enough self-awareness to be not like emo self-loathing yeah that was one of the things i like black Fag. i think really like pioneered was just the lyrical status of like most hardcore because they really were able to, like, create this good mixture of, like, both self-awareness, but also, like, world awareness. Because yeah. one of the things that Henny Rollins, when he left the band, was pretty much entirely in charge of his lyrics, was he was really critical of people who just blamed everything on the world. And I think what Black Flag did was they were able to mixture of, like, hey, there are things that legitimately are the world's problem. And there's also things that, you know, sometimes you also have to take, you know, stock of the shit that you caused on your own. Yeah. And um... But this, it hits all the chat boxes of what a hardcore 
punk album should be yeah. and what makes hardcore punk really interesting. It doesn't develop character outside that super no. much, but I think there's room to go because this is essentially their first EP. This is the yeah. first thing they have on streaming services. They have like a demo that they've released on Bandcamp, I think. I've listened to it. It's, pretty, it's, it's a demo. It's pretty decent. Um, like productions, you know, obviously not there, but... I, I think this is interesting. I think there's room to go grow. I think it's just a good starting point. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's just like a showcase of why hardcore punk was so interesting to begin with. Why hardcore punk is still pretty much the textbook <laughs> punk movement. Yeah. Uh, keep my scores if you tell me this right now. I'm filling up seven. Yeah, this is a pretty solid seven and a half. Yeah. I'm really excited to keep hearing from this band. I hope yeah. they keep going. I hope they keep doing really good. This is a nice little surprise. And yeah. we're going to end the show on that after like, going through a bit of trash going through two layers of hell two layers of hell and one a I layer don't remember uninterestingness yeah, that was purgatory <laughs> that's yeah that was purgatory and then a nice thing at the end yeah. uh keep in mind or i almost said keep in mind scores if you tell me this uh keep them not keep it in mind what what do i usually say this part um uh i say something about twitter instagram facebook right and um, uh patreon patreon like stuff like social that plug. yeah is that what i do yeah i don't remember i think i had a stroke at some point probably during the rust album uh, probably i was laughing my ass off because you're stupid and i thought it was funny good <laughs> I aim to please. Uh, <laughs> if you want to keep contact with, not keep contacts. If you want to keep in check with us while we're not doing episodes, you can find us at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Anthony and Todd, YouTube.com for Anthony Todd Show, Patreon.com for Anthony Todd Show. If you want to monetarily support our stupidity, and uh, you can find us on Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher by searching Anthony and Tacho on your favorite podcast browser. You can uh, listen to some of our old episodes. If you're on YouTube, you can watch some of the old episodes. You can find our episodes about movies because we also talk about movies and occasionally a TV show. But we mostly talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. I'm uh, Jonathan. Are I'm you dead sure? Inside. Yeah, I, I think that's what the Russ album was aiming for. It was just to make sure... The truly experience. Here's the what thing: you asked death. if I'm sure, and I'm not, because Russ made me question my existence. So, am I Jonathan? Am I real? Who the fuck knows? We're gonna leave you, and we're gonna figure out next time. <laughs> See you, boys. Yep. Yeah.